This is mission.org. This is Marketing Trends, your number one source for exclusive interviews with chief marketing officers and executive marketing leaders in the Fortune 1000 and beyond. This is Jeremy Bergeron, and I interview, collaborate, and partner with world-class CMOs and marketing leaders across industries. If you look at my career, I'm a career explorer. I jump industries frequently. I never been worked in the same job or industry twice. So whether it's from like consulting, a startup, to media agency, to a media company, to creative agency, to tech company, I like to learn. There are things I do that are transferable when it comes to leadership, when it comes to problem solving, when it comes to creativity. And I find I'm a better leader because I'm able to figure out what worked well in maybe this one industry and how do I apply it to this other one. I think that gives me a unique advantage than maybe someone who works in the same industry forever. Some leaders would advise that career growth comes from putting your head down and locking into one job or a single industry. But today's guest suggests traveling to different business sectors has really helped grow his career. Today, I'm pleased to welcome George Hammer, the global head of marketing at the travel platform, TripAdvisor. George has had some incredibly diverse experiences in his very impressive career. It's fair to say he's ventured with some amazing companies, including Deloitte, Digitas North America, and IBM, just to name a few. Check out this conversation to hear George's take on what skill sets contemporary marketers require and how to be an effective marketing leader. Where are you? Uh, where are you hailing from today? Uh, I'm in I'm in Greenwich, Connecticut. Okay, but um, you know I travel a lot. My job is global, so I have team okay. in Boston, New York, Singapore, London, um, Barcelona, a lot of different places. Okay. What are you listening to on Spotify right now? What's your, what's, what's, what are you jamming to right now? Uh, well, you know, I have two little kids and okay. I am trying to, there's a lot of music out there that's dangerous for little kids, right? So and I don't necessarily want my kids dancing to. So, you know, I'm actually bringing them up on 80s music right now. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> strong move. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, it was a happy era where a lot of the, the songs were, um, were safer. Um, but also, you know, I just love, there's something about A's music and summertime that just go well together. Um, yeah. I mean, just 80s music goes well with that, with everything in my, in my world. So I, I love that. That's a fantastic answer. And, you know, I'm, I'm inspired by that answer because we've got, we've got four little ones at our house. So we have twin two-year-old boys. And then we have also two four-year-olds that are 10 days apart. So it's like two sets of twins. Yeah. And I haven't been bringing the eighties to the house, man. And I'm just, you're, you're, it's such an obvious glaring thing. It's so important yeah. for their development and yeah. what a great thing to do as opposed to all the, some of the stuff that is current right now that would be scary to listen to. You know, there are, I try to, this is, this is kind of crazy, but it's like, I try to teach lessons to my kids through songs too. Mm. So one of my kids may have been getting, um, you know, pushed around a little bit on the playground and I played for her. We're not going to take it anymore. Right. Little twisted <laughs> yes. sister. I think yes. It was. Yeah. Yes. And I, we just jammed out to it. And I try to educate like what this means and like, and just get excited about it. Cause I think if you can connect 
the emotion and the songs and the lyrics to a to a point in time, maybe it burns the lesson more into people's memory. I mean, I'm a marketer, so I try to to to, to try to figure out how to ingrain things into 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 the human psychology and change things. So I don't know. I'm trying to be the best dad possible, but you know, sometimes it may work, it may fail. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's that's fantastic. And then and then when she you know overcomes that challenge, you play Queen. We are the champion, and exactly. you really anchor it in, man. This is brilliant. Exactly. This is exactly. how kids learn lessons. I think yeah. this is epic. Yeah, it's a little better too to be <laughs> than like be the dad singing Disney tunes all the time. True. Yeah. There's so much I want to connect with you on Legos and Turkey. Uh, improv, um, just the, the way that you kind of your contrarian view on like building teams and, and frameworks and just some of the things I've picked up on, you know, some things you've shared online. So I'm super interested and also improv, by the way, like, I think that's such a beautiful part of your journey too. Um, and I want to know where that fits in because you're, you've have some great experience into the business world and then improv became formidable for you. So, so many things that I'm excited to talk about. So for our audience and, you know, the rare, you know, human out there that doesn't know about TripAdvisor, can you just describe the company TripAdvisor and and what you do there? Yeah, TripAdvisor is in its essence, a travel guidance platform. Um, It's the place where people go to figure out where to go. Um, And that could be restaurants, it could be destinations, and a lot since the pandemic, uh, one of the fast growing things is experiences, right? Because, you know, one of the positive outcomes of the what we went through as a, as a society is that we value human connection and experiences more than just going and just zoning out and sitting on a beach. When we go to a place, we want to experience things. And everyone right now is trying to figure out how to have unique experiences, whether it's that cooking class, whether it's um, skydiving, uh, or it's as simple as going to the place where your parents grew up, you know? So it's that memories, um, and emotional connections are critical, um, to the travel experience. Um, so, you know, that's what I'm here. I'm excited to do, cause I get to help people, um, find their happiness. So it's interesting that you, of course, you know, from the outside looking in, you, you probably could have landed a lot of different industries and businesses, and you could have led marketing in a lot of ways. Now, you're, you're still in your, I think, first year at TripAdvisor, right? Yeah. So it's an interesting time to pick that category. So I just want to understand, yeah, kind of take us into that, you know, the time period of you kind of evaluating before you you go into TripAdvisor. What did you see there? The world is obviously changing and has been changing quite a bit the last couple of years. So yeah. was there some hesitation and resistance? Like, man, am I, is this a, the right time for this? Was this just really well thought out? What was, take us through that moment before, before joining TripAdvisor. Uh, well, I'm the type of, I, if you look at my career, I'm a career explorer. Um, I jump industries frequently. Um, I never been worked in the same job or industry twice. So whether it's from like consulting, a startup to media agency, to a media company, to creative agency, to tech company, I like to learn. Um, there are things I do that are transferable, uh, with, when it comes to leadership, when it comes to problem solving, when it comes to creativity. Um, and I find, uh, I'm a better leader because I'm able to, to figure out what worked well, maybe this one industry and how do I apply it to this other one? I think that gives me a unique advantage 
than maybe someone who works in the same industry forever. I'm a middle child too. So I love to uh, challenges and challenge myself. And, uh, and when I get to a place where I set up my job and I feel like my team is stable and they're operationalized and they don't need me, I head down my next career exploration. And um, so to, for, it takes a bold company to embrace someone who doesn't have 10, 20 years in their experience, in their industry. Um, if you look at beauty, right, they're, they're all hiring people who come from their category. CPGs is another one and others. So one, um, TripAdvisor had a leadership team that is open um, to if they realize that they they want to change and grow, they want to bring in different people. Um, and I love that. I love companies. If if you embrace different uh, diversity of opinion, diversity of all type, um, that's the company I want to work for. And on top of that, we're a company that's been grounded since the beginning in uh, connecting people. Um, so how can you not be for that? Uh, was I always passionate about travel? No. But what I learned about I mean, who's not passionate about travel, but it wasn't like my career goal to work in this industry. But as I get older, you learn what's more important to you. And it's the ability to make an impact. It's the like, double a company. It's the ability to work with great people. And this was a company that for 22 years was had like one founder um, and built a large family-like culture. Um, and it's the ability to um, uh, have a great story. And I think this industry is going to go through a renaissance. And um, I like to help paint it. So what, what what stoked the kind of the fire for you early on? Like, I mean, were your parents business oriented and entrepreneurial? And then I'd love to hear the Lego Turkey connection too, because I think that's an interesting <laughs> story. But, but where did this begin for you? Because this it's clear that something yeah something triggered this this exploration you know spirit you have and then it certainly served you really well but where, where where did that start where does that come from yeah my my dad's an entrepreneur um so i think that's kind of in my dna and he always he he instilled upon me the opportunity the rewards of being great um for example uh in middle school i really i was loved roberto clemente he was my favorite baseball player um, I grew up in Pittsburgh and I started collecting baseball cards, but I had no income. And uh, so he put me to work. I had a certain amount of pay I earned per different grades in school. So then I always got A's because I was trying to maximize my outcome, <laughs> a certain amount for doing chores around the house. Um, and so I think that uh, it wasn't it, it, it didn't turn me into like a like a rude capitalist. It, it turned me into someone who appreciated hard work. For, for an outcome that they care about. And uh, so, and I also grew up in Pittsburgh in more of a blue collar-ish like town. And um, I learned the value of rolling up your sleeves and leading by doing um, and setting an example. Um, and so that's what really great entrepreneurs do, right? In building businesses. Um, and so I think that is kind of partly how how I uh, got into it. I also think in consulting, my first job, you know, as 21, 22 year old kid uh, sitting across the table from CEOs and who are, they hire you because they have problems. And, and I was like, you know, you go back and you analyze it and you're like, I think I can, I think I could do this. I think I can. Uh, um, and then when I went to go lead a startup, you realize, uh, uh, 
a year later, as a kind of you know, you like a ret- retrospective on your uh, your where you are, you're like, oh shoot, I did that same thing that CEO did. I thought I would never do, right? <laughs> and it's like, oh, our strategy went off strategy because we followed the money, and it's like, oh wow. shoot, that was, uh, so you totally can see how it happens. Um, but I think you know, it's 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 just, uh, I love to build things. Um, and so, you know, I just, it's, you know, I just follow my passions and it's hard to explain why you are who you are, but you, you know what you love and you can Mm. try to do more of that. Mm. Makes a lot of sense. And you know, it's the, a simple way that it, it, it's also very profound. It's like, yeah, follow that. And and you're another good example and testimony of what that is. Now you have 20 years of business and marketing experience and, you know, and people can certainly research and, and see where you've worked, but I'm just going to name these brands and I would love to hear, you know, what's a lesson you've learned? What's something you took from that experience, right? Sure. So we've got Deloitte. I learned how to work for a ton of different bosses at one time. And cause I'd be on like eight projects at once with eight different bosses. And so I had to learn how to change my style based upon what they want. Um, cause it rarely, uh, you can change them. <laughs> okay. And also, I think this was, that was the time when you, at, at one point where you were doing tax returns, was that the, yes. uh, for, for ultra high net worth individuals, what did you learn from that experience? Just curious about that little rabbit trail. Well, I still do my own taxes now today because okay. it was a valuable skill. Uh, but I learned that no job is beneath me. And also when you're doing this, you're like, you learned that everyone who was a high net worth individual owned real estate. So, so mm. it was probably the best investment you can make. Okay. I love it. All right. Then you went over to Apple Batch. What was it like there? What was the experience there? Lessons learned. I learned marketing through the school of hard knocks there because I was my okay. first real marketing gig. And so I learned how to build a digital business, how to do marketing, I, I, how to do social for the first time, um, how to acquire users at a low cost. Um, I learned pretty much everything. I think everyone should do a startup um, and everyone and 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 know that it's, you know, it might fail, but you'll those lessons learned um, you'll take with you forever. So I, you know, I learned how to basically build a, you know, they say entrepreneurs are, are you have to believe in yourself. Otherwise, no one else could do. And I think that's what entrepreneurship teaches you is when everyone else thinks it's not going to work, you have to learn to believe in yourself. Mm. Okay, mindshare. That agencies, you know, I worked integrated marketing communications, trying to tell stories across all these different plans, and the agency model's a mess, Uh, and uh, they don't really want to work together. um, And that people put so much effort on the the reach, the frequency, the math, and I think sometimes they don't they hurt they then they hurry up and do the creative stuff. And what's mm. in the impression matters so much that the math doesn't matter at all if you don't have a great story to tell. Mm. Okay. And then you went over and you led digital marketing at Discovery Communications. Yeah. That was uh, my first time I worked with a sales force um, to create ideas that they took to market for Discovery. Um, and I learned the, how to, um, you know, the marketing sales relationship uh, and partnering. We took our Facebook following from like 1 million to 100 million. Um, and so I learned social really there, well there, but it wasn't 
science. I mean, it wasn't so hard. You, the, all we did was stop putting our ads and on-air promotions on social and start programming content that people love. And so I learned to be the thing that people want and not the thing that they try to block. And that was discovered. Mm. And then Digitas, you were the senior VP of marketing and advertising at Digitas. Was that, yep. What was that like? It was amazing because I learned, oh God, so much. Um, I'd say that I learned to, to the power of the storyboard and uh, in crafting a storyboard for your, even for your presentation to clients, if you think in storyboards, um, it helps you get to a place better. Um, and I also learned that Digitas was great at thinking about how to build utility for clients and for their, their, their consumers. And uh, I, I, learned a, I learned a lot about uh, being building platforms, not just campaigns, like Small Business Saturday is like a platform that can sustain campaigns come and go, but brands need to actually build things that matter and can last for longer times to re make real change with consumers. And then you ended up at a really small tech company called IBM uh, and ended up being the chief content officer there. And I can see how the, the story kind of component uh, infused from your previous time at Digitas is now setting this up. But yeah, talk us through that role at, at IBM, what that did for, yeah, just what the things you worked on, you know, some of the, again, lessons learned there, valuable takeaways from that experience. That's really cool. Yeah, thank you. Um, IBM, again, took a risk on someone who never worked in their industry, never worked at a big brand. Um, but I tend to be the person when the job is not well-defined and the KPIs didn't exist. I remember in the interview process, I, I was interviewing with John Awada, who was the, the guy who invented Smarter Planet. He's kind of like a genius in the industry. And I was asking him, like, how many people are in the group? And he's like, I don't know. How and I said, what's the KPIs? Like, we want a leader to come and figure it out. And I was like, this is a good job for me. I can, <laughs> I can figure this out. Um, but it was also kind of scary because there was hundreds of people around the world who I had to figure out how to connect and, and, and lead. But I, I learned first that product marketing can't be about the products. Um, it has to be about the people. Um, so in a sense, they should maybe just call it people marketing um, in some sense. Because uh, a lot of the work we had to do was not to transform product marketing. It was transform the, the, the ability of them to tell stories and uh, understand how to translate the what, like functions, into the why that resonated with people. I also learned that uh, I led, helped lead the transformation for Agile. So I learned what Agile means, for, which is a software development methodology for marketing. And uh, that was not about changing how to get people to go work faster. It was actually a cultural change. It was getting people to um, embrace trust, respect, openness, and courage, and failure. Um, and that, for a company that was 110 years old, was the challenge in getting and uh, in, in changing how we work. And then um, I helped lead the change of, you know, an, uh, an old sales go-to-market model of selling through sellers to selling through SaaS. And that that is a whole marketing, actually owning more end-to-end -end the whole process and using data to constantly optimize what we do. And that 
that is about, uh, I think, a great opportunity for marketing, you know, to step up and take a leadership role in the as a discipline, almost like how CPGs have done it, where marketing is more in the forefront. I think in a lot of other industries, marketing is kind of in service of sales. Mm-hmm. And I believe in, you know, servitude leadership and kind of working with my peers. But I also believe that marketing is the most empathetic discipline and we're the champions of the audience and we should have a seat at the table. And I think through SaaS, tech, tech firms have the ability to, should elevate marketing as a discipline. And uh, so I'm, a, I'm, I'm champion the, the transformation for marketing and marketers to be a more prominent role in, in driving sustainable business growth. That's huge. Yeah. That, that we literally had a CMO on earlier this week talking about that, just how, how much of his energy and effort goes towards being this advocate, you know, at the table and reaching across the aisle and the line and building trust with other stakeholders and how, you know, the, the utility of the marketing leader role today is such, it's the most interesting role to me in the C-suite is the person in the person leading marketing. And I, I don't know that it was always the case years past, but I, in 2022, it's such an interesting time to be a marketing leader. Yeah. Well, if you think it's what you have to do, you have to be an expert in almost everyone else's <laughs> right. craft. And everyone else thinks that you, they're the expert yours. Yep. Exactly. Everyone has a pen so everyone can write. Exactly. Everyone knows how to draw. Everyone knows how to, to do stuff. But, you know, and so building respect for our craft is harder. Um, I think it's a great craft for me, though, because like I said, I like I'm curious. And so I love trying to figure out uh, at IBM how to build a tech stack, how to use AI and infuse it into marketing, how to use blockchain, how to use these things. And so uh, you have to be like a tech specialist, an analytics specialist, a finance expert, and a creative person. (laughs) And the reason why many CMOs, I think, fail um, is we are so siloed now as a discipline that we're not building people who are great at all those things. We build people who are really good at brand, really good at performance, really good at data. Mm-hmm. And um, we need to almost think about how to do the old school rotation programs and kind of build people who are who know how to pull it all together. Um, and I think, and that's when I think through building my team now, I'm trying to figure out how do I make cross-discipline athletes for the ones who want to become CMO someday it's on me and it's on all of us, to, but it's mm-hmm. on, you know, it's what I can do is try to help them be those cross-discipline athletes. So they are successful in the future. Huge. I think you're, I, I'm, I'm very bullish on this, on this idea. I mean, literally yesterday we spoke to the head of marketing for a company called the Fastenal company. It's right. this huge supply chain company, 6 billion plus a year. And this, this uh, amazing guest, uh, Brooke is the head of marketing there. She started there in, training and development and was training employees. Then she got into customer research and built that team. And then she was an AE for the sales leader there. Then she took the job as head of marketing for this multi-billion dollar. But if you look at her path, she learned all about the brand. She learned all about the customer. She learned about how revenue drives growth. And she could speak all those you know, those languages, when she was interviewing against all these more qualified people, she knew, she knew too much. And now she's been the marketing leader there for almost 10 years, you know? So to to your point, the rotational, I mean, that experience, I mean, just see where, 
humans can end up, yeah. you know, and the impact they can make at scale across industries because of this, you know, less than straight path. Yep. So my best employees were people who I placed bets on. And um, if we want other discipline, if we want everyone else to take risks on us, um, you have to be willing to take risks on other people. And so um, I think, you know, we should be more open to hiring people from other backgrounds into the marketing craft and not assume because someone was a performance marker their whole life that they can't figure out brand. I think that is, you know, demeaning to the human potential. Mm, well said. So imagine for a moment that this next part, you know, is going to be heard by every, you know, chief marketing officer in the Fortune 1000, you know, and that's our audience. We focus on, you know, connecting with those folks. So let's say you have a room full of them and they're all there. How do you get people in 2022 to fall in love with a brand? What are your thoughts on that? Your approach there? Anything you'd want to share with your peers? I think if you write the brief to say, how do I get more people to love me? You start from the point of failure. So the right thing to do is first to really, you know, seek to understand then to be understood. And so really get in the mindsets of uh, human psychology. So there's tons of data out there. There's not a lot of people who know how to turn data and insights. And there's less people who know how to ask great questions to get to the heart of the problem. Um, journalists, right, can. Uh, the marketing field, maybe we don't really have enough journalistic capabilities to get to the empathy and the insight that matter. But the the way to get people to, to love you is be the thing they love. Uh, so figure out how to add value in their lives and not be an ad, but to be a solution. And I think that is something we as marketers still need to do is we are supposed to drive the four Ps, not just promotion, right? Product, price, place, promotion, and culture and tech and everything else that we have to do now these days. Mm -hmm. So um, how to uh, be a brand that is has sustainable growth is you need to focus on where the consumer is going to be a couple of years from now and figure out how to value in their value in their life, how to do that in a good way. And then you'll grow for good. Mm, love that. So you talk a lot about, you know, building a team and a high performance team and, and also like building the right team around the right leader, which I, I think that's a really great distinction. And so what's kind of your approach and just thinking these days around building a team that works well with each other, you know, again, in 2022, in this, in this world, in this day and age, and then building a team that works well with leadership. Cause also like you are talking to other leaders and you know their personalities and with their, so you're fostering a really important team, certainly on the marketing side, but what's your approach there? Well, most times when you start a job, you inherit a team, right? And different team members need you, need something different out of you. Sometimes they need you to be a coach, sometimes just a mentor, sometimes a champion to get blockers out of their way. Um, not all the people in your teams have the same level of capability and need the same leadership capability out of you. So I think step one is to figure out who you need to be per each one of your kind of leads, because it's easier just for me personally to try to adapt my style to them than to try to change all of them. Right. The second thing is you have to lead by example. So in how you work with and treat your peers, I think you have to say what you do and do what you say type thing. Um, and then the other thing is I really 
I really believe in the power of diverse teams. Um, that can mean a lot of things, but you know, look at the people around the table. And I was, I was, I remember um, back in at Digitas, there was a time when uh, I was part of the leading the, the content team, and we were sitting around the table with my leadership team, and there was four white guys with beards. And I remember that that was a moment like, oh my God, we hired everyone who's like us. But they were all diverse thinkers and different backgrounds. But I was like, this still this needs a change. And from that moment, I've made it a, a goal of mine to, to look around the table and to listen around the table. Um, meaning my team uh, at IBM, I gave them, pers- we, did a, we did personality uh, kind of like tests for fun. They didn't have to do it. Most of my team, I think it was like 75% of my team was introverts. At an agency, it's like almost all extroverts. Um, I think you need to have balance that, introverts and extroverts, and then learn how to actually help introverts shine. Give them their room to actually talk. Give them their room to actually think and then come prepared to a meeting to share stuff. Because the power of the introvert is often more reflective and leads to better outcomes. Um, so if you have all just type A pe- people in the room, um, colliding, I don't think you lead to a better place. And so that's something I also do as a, as a leader right now is try to make sure that I have wide, uh, types of personality differences as well. That's awesome. So do you, are there personality tests that, that you use that you like to use or you prefer? It's different. I've never had a consistency across companies and what they offer. Okay. You know, I, I did uh, what I what the team took on their own, and I didn't even like ask that. There's an Adobe, uh, like, what type of creative are you? Uh, okay. Thing, which I thought was really cool. I don't know that one. Yeah. Um, that's always fun to take. The team just took it on their own and started sharing it in Slack to each other, and like, and they all start sharing their their profiles, and it was interesting to see how different people are, different types of creatives. Mm. So I embrace different, they all kind of get to similar conclusions. Well, that's good. And I, I'm, I'm seeing and hearing a lot more that diversity, it increases, re- I mean, it increases revenue. It increases the bottom line, the more diverse a team is. And so I love the emphasis on DE&I these days. I think it's not just like pop talk. I think it's genuinely making a difference in, in businesses. And when you connect with leaders that are building teams in that way and the way you are like being really intentional about personality. I think that's to be that granular is, is huge. I think the impact there is awesome. So um, let's talk a little bit about this. There's a Deloitte 2022 global marketing trends report. Um, and this article talked that's called authentically inclusive marketing. It breaks down some data that Deloitte uncovered in a survey It says, in our survey of 1,500 global consumers, we found the youngest responses, uh, respondents from from 18 to 25 took greater notice of inclusive advertising when making purchase decisions. The authors go on to write that the survey found that 57% of of consumers are more loyal to brands that commit to addressing social inequities in their actions. Have you recognized these trends in your own experience? It's obvious that people are more uh, attuned to uh, what a brand does. Um, the app, but people, like we're, we as brands are just more awakening to it. This uh, phenomenon was always subliminally there. Um, if you, uh, you know, there's, if 
the reason why Univision and certain other media properties have been so successful, right? And certain brands have always been better successful at bringing in diverse consumers and others because they had a diverse agency mix who thought about in this way, and then they brought in the right talent and the right uh, people like to buy or relate to people who get them. And so whether this overtly or sublim- like it's, it's always been there. We're just now like, you know, realizing. Um, so brands are sometimes late to the table, which apologies to, for that. Um, but I think it's, uh, you know, there's no going back now. Um, I think this is a good moment for us. And, uh, and I do think there are starting to become real measures too with like, there's organizations like See uh, Her and others out there that are creating like gem scores and others that are giving us the ability to actually be accountable in this, in this world. So yeah, yeah. You know, it's always worked. Um, brands, some brands just didn't pay attention as much and other brands won based upon competing in this. Right. So um, now brands are intentionally leaning in and I think we're all better for it. That's fantastic. Um, okay, so so think of, of a time in your epic career um, and think about a time when you you faced a crucial moment in your career, right? We've already talked about some amazing places you've worked and you've had some such such a vast you know well to draw from. But think about a time when you faced a crucial moment in your career as a leader and then the sort of moment that can kind of make or, or break a situation or an opportunity. Well, I was at IBM and we created a new way to to work um, to get from brief to uh, creative to optimization, and it was pretty much myself and a few people locked ourselves in a room in a hotel for a week. Came up with this way to be to work agile, and then we we said, okay, how are we going to roll it out? Well, there's 22 offices around the world. We're going to go there as a leadership team, present on stage, and then we'll spend the next couple of days in like deep dive sessions, training them hands-on how to work differently. And then we'll go away and then the world will be better, right? It'll just, it'll just, sounds it'll, great. Yeah. it'll work, right? <laughs> um, and uh, we did this. And uh, I remember sitting back, looking at the data, or maybe it was like three or six months later, gave it some time and, and still like um, campaigns still are performing the same. Uh, people are still doing X, Y, Z. Um, it's still taking just as long. It's still, so performance is the same, the speed's the same. Has anything changed? And uh, that was a pivotal moment where like, what do you do? Um, and I realized in my career that, you know, people don't listen to you because of your title and people might not change because what you say is the right thing to do. So that was a moment where we decided like, okay, what do I do to try to make change sticky? Mm. Any, yeah, any follow-up to that? Like what, what would you say is the takeaway from that that you would do differently maybe? Well, yeah, I was waiting for you to say, so what did you do? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> what is it? You left us hanging. This is good. Right. Cliffhanger. Um, okay. So uh, I created then a uh, an innovation hub. Uh, we branded it the Mint. It's the place to bring your fresh ideas, and we'll 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 fund change together. We'll co-fund it with you, um, and we adopted a few teams um, and their campaigns. Brought them into this system. They worked differently with us. 
we uh, we worked in agile. We built things that were story based versus other based. We kind of did did the whole uh, system differently. We put them out there, and the teams we adopted too. Some of them were the biggest naysayers, the ones most most likely to not adopt. And uh, then we measure performance and we saw a 78% increase in campaign performance. Wow. And then I created video testimonials of these people talking about uh, what it was like. And it was the people plus their agency, plus uh, us, like all talking about working together and how, how fun it was um, and also led to better outcomes. And so it turned the biggest, you know, blockers into the biggest advocates um, and did like an internal comms campaign. Um, and that helped the people who were on board to start sharing it with their other peers and CMOs mm-hmm. of business units to start getting on board. And over time, uh, we were able to drive change because uh, people uh, saw that it worked, but they saw it was more fun. They saw their peers doing it um, and they got to do it beside us in this um, in this kind of fun incubator. So we started getting like 20 or 30 people pitching ideas, wanting to be part of it. Wow. And we couldn't even take as much demand as we had in order to, to partner with us to, to do this stuff. Wow. So you basically invited cooks into the kitchen. Yeah. And what, you know, it's like, Hey, we want, we actually want you to come in here and help us cook up this thing versus us just cooking it up and presenting it to you. Like let's, let's create, yeah, a hub. I love this. And then you brought them in, you brought all the cooks in the kitchen and then they can start, you know, creating, that's beautiful. And that's awesome. I love that. I mean, if you think about it, marketers do campaigns with briefs and they figure out how to, they don't talk at audiences, the good ones, they figure out how to change behavior this way. So we should tra- treat internal initiatives the same way. Um, and uh, that's what we did. So for our audience out there, we, we appreciate you staying with us. And this podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Shout out to Salesforce. Uh, when you think about marketing and engagement, uh, head over to salesforce.com forward slash marketing. We've got George Hammer. He does marketing at TripAdvisor. You might want to check him out. He's a, he's a, he's a pretty cool cat. Um, George, welcome. We are ready for the lightning round. But the first question is, are you ready for the lightning round? I see the storm clouds coming. I'm ready. First question, uh, you're described as a traveler and an improviser on your Twitter bio. Uh, where is your favorite travel destination? Seychelles. Can you tell us about a memorable time you had to improvise? This interview. <laughs> Love that answer. Uh, last time you tried something new? A Chinese hundred-year-old egg. Uh, what's a life lesson you learned the hard way? Running a marathon is oof, hard. <laughs> oof. Activity that makes you lose track of time? Playing with my kids. I second that one. If you could choose one book as a mandatory read for all high school students, what book would that be? I wouldn't read a book. I would get an apprenticeship. Love that answer. You're full of great answers today, George. Um, would you rather lose all of your old memories or never be able to make new ones? Never make new ones. Okay. What's something that you're betting on for the future? It could be personally betting on or professionally betting on, but what are you betting on? Something you're betting on for the future. Uh, that travel breaks down some of the walls between us. If you have to build a marketing team from scratch, let's say tomorrow, whole marketing team, TripAdvisor is gone. You got to hire the first role. What's the first role and why? Someone you trust. Uh, because if you're going to come in and try to change uh, something, then you need someone who got your back. 
No one has ever said that answer, by the way. You hear data science or creative or, you know, copywriter or campaign. No one said that. And I, that's a fantastic answer. Um, what's something that impresses you? So something that impresses me is simplistic design. If you had access to a time machine, where and when would you go? You know, I'm a history buff, so I'd like to go meet George Washington because I believe, you know, his leadership skills was awesome. Hmm. So at this stage in your life, like what, what is success for you? Uh, continuously learning. What is your favorite app on your phone? The Tide app. So I know. <laughs> what? That's also a first. <laughs> I live, it's a Tide Alert app. I live near the water and sometimes my area floods. Uh, but I love to know when I can sneak out uh, for an hour and go on the paddleboard. Okay. Um, what is a skill you believe everyone should have? The fearlessness to fail. Love it. Okay. Last question. What is one thing you want to do this year that you've never done before? Learn how to build a garden. Okay. George, thank you so much for, for being a part of Marketing Trends. This was such an insightful conversation. Uh, congratulations to you, the whole squad at TripAdvisor. I know there's definitely no slowing you down. Uh, we'll be paying attention to the growth, but thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Take care. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.